Hey everyone and welcome back to Absolutely. My name is Benny, that is Sal, and we get together every week to talk about comic book movies, TV shows, and video games. And today's episode is brought to you by the hot sauce that I created with my buddies. This hot sauce is a whiskey-infused hot sauce. You can order it online, we send it to your house, and you get our hot sauce. The whiskey portion is cooked off, it is non-alcoholic, and it works well with everything from eggs to pulled pork. Trust me, I really do like the hot sauce, and I might be a little biased because I own the company, but we've sold out in two stores, and now we're going to see what a farmer's market can do for us. Ooh, <laughs> there we go. So, I mean, that's a good sign, right, Sal, that we sold out? I agree. I think so. So, okay, before we get into it, Sal, I don't think yeah. there was any comic books you were supposed to read this week, right? No, I mean, like, there's books that came out. There were quite a few books that came out this right, well, week. Did you read the ending to the Batman saga? No, I haven't read Batman 144 yet. I read oh. Batman 143. I actually liked 143 better than 142. So I'll have to try 144 and see how it goes. Okay. My only opinion on 144, it is cool. I will say it does have a cool resolution okay. to both plot lines. Great. But at the ending, there's no idea how this links to Zora and R and oh, no. why this is the story Joker. And also... There's no, I, I don't see a reason why there's a future and a past storyline because they barely come together. I think the idea is that it doesn't. I think, I think we're taking a break for Joker to do this. Although I, I think, I think that the three Jokers are the Joker of Zoranar. Like it's basically like a, like a, you know what I mean? Like the three Jokers are obviously three different personalities Joker has. Right. Trained does by. Mean, yeah. Does that mean that Batman has a third? Batman might have another. Oh my God. What if there is a third? We've never thought about that. We've always thought there's Zuranar, there's Batman. And now Zuranar's in failsafe. Yeah. So maybe Batman needs another crazy personality to unlock to fight Zuran. I don't know. Oh, like the ultimate, ultimate Batman? <laughs> yeah. There's three Jokers. There's got to be three Batmans. Yep. So, I mean, it could be a twist. I stand by my statement. I like the story as it's building right now. I don't see the point in Joker Year One, but I did overall like the resolution to it. I'm not going to spoil Fair. it for you. But the only thing I'm going to spoil is the link to the future is the, the basically the only reason the two storylines are happening concurrently. Yeah. You know, the commissioner McLeod, he's obviously the bad guy and all that yep. crap. Right. Yep. So it's revealed that after he got out of prison, he went missing yeah. and he was the test subject Joker used to create this infection. Okay. All right. That's the link. And I'm like, yeah, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. I do like the story standalone. I don't know what's going to play into the overall plot. I, and I stand by my statement. Whenever we finally get to the end of Zero in our storyline, it's going to decide if the whole story's crap or not. That's the, that's the problem with your linchpin being this concept. Yeah. The concept yeah. has to hold until the ending. Okay. Did you know I, what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And I, yeah. I, I hope it does. Cause I think what, what is happening, it's not bad. It's just like, why? Yeah, it's an interesting direction to take it. Honestly, right now I'm kind of digging Batman and Robin more by Joshua Williams. It's the last issue was great. Like, wasn't yeah. it so? Wasn't it so fun? Like, you as an anime fan must have loved it. It was just oh, so, yeah. so. Well, cute. I love the anime, the art they're using in that oh, book yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And this just feels like more just classic Batman, just having a good time. You know that kind of a thing. That's what it feels right? to be Batman and Robin. While Batman by Chip Zdarsky is like, okay, wh what the fuck is going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and it's funny because we have three. 
we almost have three competing Batman stories right now. We have your generally, this is Batman. Batman's being, you know, he's being torn up by Joker and Zoranar and all this stuff. Over yeah. here's Batman and Robin. We get to see the father side of Batman and how he treats Robin and how this is going to play forward. Yes. And then you've got Ram V's insane oh. Barbados demon shit over here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that is something else. Uh, it's still good, but it's like, what? What is happening over here? <laughs> yeah, it, it took a long time to get going, and uh, it, it's cool, but it's like, what? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's insane. So that's going on over there. I can't think of anything else that really stood out to me. Yeah, because Ultimate Spider-Man drops tomorrow, tomorrow as of the yeah. taping of the show. So we can't talk about that, even though I'm sure people will be. Oh, um, yeah. And Wonder Woman came out, but nobody wants to hear us talk about that. Well, so let, me, that's fine. let me ask you about this, then. How do you feel? Oh, oh, oh. You didn't read Titans because you don't read Titans. I read it no. today. No. They yeah. finally revealed why Evil Raven's in charge and what the oh, plan okay. is. Evil Raven's going to be like the Evil Raven equivalent of Trigon. They're building to that. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That, that seems to be where they would go with it. Right. Yeah. Because they, they actually have a straight up talk where Trigon's like, okay, so why are you pretending to be the other one? Right. <laughs> like, why don't you just kill all the Titans? And she's like, I want to turn them into my generals. Okay. All yeah. right. So, so we're going to see that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> They're definitely going to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, Bl Ultimate Black Panther, what did you think about that reboot? We didn't talk it. about that last week. Yeah, no, we didn't. Um, Ultimate Black Panther sold out everywhere. Uh, back to second printings. It's it's cool. I remember them pitching it like I think uh, Brian Hill wrote it and it was yeah. like pitched as a Dune kind of homage. And I'm like, yeah, but like more readable. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I get all the players, I get all the ideas, uh, and, and I'm already familiar with the premise. So, you know, it's like deepening it and making it like it is a Wakanda book. And I'm right. like, I'm, 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 I'm appreciating all the, uh, all the world building and the, the use of Killmonger and, uh, you know, other characters that won't be in other X-Men books. And, and it's just, it looks really cool. It looks great and it feels great. It's well-written. Um, it's a big story. It's a big idea. I hope that they can like stick around long enough to actually execute it. That's my concern. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm preaching to the choir here when I say Black Panther's not, it hasn't exactly been a gangbuster seller. No. You know, I mean, I made a joke in my Pedro Pascal casting video yeah. about like, I was like, it's Fantastic Four. No one cares about Fantastic Four. When they yeah. lost the rights to Fantastic Four, Fant they didn't bother and no one cared. Like, nope. <laughs> No, nope, nobody tried. Occasional, no. like, and where's the Fantastic Four during this? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fantastic Four had an event at Marvel within the past five years. Anybody read it? Anybody remember? That's what I mean. I mean. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like Black Panther's in that same thing. Like, I mean, does that? And for those of you who don't read comics, like Sal and I do. Yeah. Did you know that Black Panther went into space? Yeah, like a whole space adventure. Like, yeah, I remember they reading Wakanda to space. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about that and being it was like. Terrible. Is he still in space? Like, literally, I don't know anything about it outside of, like, it happened. Yeah. He went to space. They moved Wakanda to a spaceship, and they flew away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know how that resolved, because they're back in Wakanda. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, that's where we are. Um, I, Yeah, I haven't read much else, though. Nothing else too much going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I read a lot of manga, because I'm trying to do a thing on Manga Storian right now. So I was mostly reading a lot of that. Right, uh, I did catch up a Green Arrow for our channel. I also caught up a Wonder Woman. What uh, yep. the, the Wonder Woman book? I haven't read all of it yet, but I've just been able to like look through it. The art is spectacular. Folks, Sadly, you, you need that. You need that in a Wonder oh, Woman yeah. book because people aren't going to pick it up. 
No, it, the, Wonder Woman's got fans, but she's not a Superman. She's not a Batman. She is on that level, uh, through the lens of pop culture and icons, right? But the book don't sell, and you need to have like a hook. And the hook in this case is Eisner Award-winning writer Tom King, rising star Daniel Samper. That's it. Like it's not like anyone's talking about the book, and they're talking about yeah. like, whoa, it's subversive. Like it's, I mean, even the concept it's, of like Wonder Woman, like Amazon versus America. Like, you mean like Amazon's attack? You know, you mean you mean like any other like war a trial of the Amazons? Like there are a number of books about the Amazons being painted as bad guys, or right. about like a war of the Amazons versus the surface world, or whatever you want to call the like man's world. I'm thinking of Aquaman, but like you know what I mean? Like it's either gonna be you know Themyscira versus Atlantis or Themyscira versus us and here it is again but this time it looks great and it's written well yeah the it's weird because I actually thought when I when I finally read it and caught up on it because if you guys don't know I'm comic historian I'm digging an initiative right now to I realized for the last six months I pretty much only did Batman Spider-Man related content I mean yeah that's I'm, I'm going out of my way to once a week do something else so we yeah. did Green Arrow we did Transformers I did Thundercats. It's members only right now. I don't know when it'll come out, but we did it. Fair. Um, you know, but there's a bunch of books like that that I'm trying to cycle in. Yep. Wonder Woman's next on my list, so I finally caught up on Wonder Woman. I Sadly, no one's reading this now because no, there's I know. so much ammo for those comics gate morons in this book. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you've been reading it, like, the plot is this guy is using the idea that Amazons are taking away people's manhood, basically. Uh-huh. Like, if you read the end of issue three, a yep. soldier who got destroyed by Wonder Woman in the big battle is led to believe, like through through a lasso that literally makes him believe this. Yep, that he needs to commit suicide because his manhood was taken from him by losing to Wonder Woman. Right. And I'm like, I get that. That plot is great. I like what you're doing. With this. It's a good a good spin on this. Yep. The fact that I'm not seeing all those idiots ranting and raving about this. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it, like there is something there, and it's like really well put together like i really, it is it's a very well put together story like, yeah I like it. yeah and it's just but it would require you to like read it in order to understand what the hell's happening in it and yeah. uh not a lot of people who would uh criticize it would uh would understand that i don't think they read tom king's work no <laughs> they, they want to like it the thing is they want to like it but they don't like understand why people like it and it's yeah. he, there aren't enough <laughs> moments where it's dope you know what I mean? Like where, where they can. I was talking to my brother, and that's the issue I have with Tom King's book right now. Yeah. Reading through Wonder Woman, I'm like, okay, so again, he's doing two timelines. Yeah. Like oh. I read issues one and two when he sent them to me way back in the day, and I hadn't read past that yet. Yeah. So I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, so we're doing two timelines again, and you're doing the whole page by page thing again. It's the same thing you've done, and the dope moments was like her fighting the entire U.S. Army. Right. And then it's a lot of talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Now that being said, in the most recent issue, there is a knockdown, dragout fight between like everyone that Wanda would or uh, Wanda that uh, that Diana would fight, like uh, uh, any potential Wonder Woman villain, and also a really awesome final battle, which is like bloody and dope and cool and epic. okay. Then you also get, and for the last six issues, you've been getting them these amazing Super Sun stories with trinity as well like with Which, uh I, with, with one woman's daughter yeah the daughter that we don't know much about yeah it's uh -huh. interesting that they're putting that in the back because i noticed that when i'm reading through these i'm like oh this is where the super sun stories went to i thought they were in action like yeah why are no. you, you super suns is just ending up everywhere again right yeah this is this is really it's a really fun story and uh i think belen ortega does the art it's 
it's delightful and it's positively non Tom King. No, like, if you if you hate Tom King, you'll still probably love all the backups by Milano Ortega. Now that being said, by the way, ex, ex, like exciting point, they're separating those two stories in the collections. So if you if you want to read only Trinity and the Super Sons, yeah, you can go get that trade. That trade will be just that that book. And okay. if you want to read just the the Tom King, no thank you, Diana Sam Pear book, like that's that book. The book's and good. It, the only problem I have right now, the only issue I actually have, yeah, Auto DC is linking everything together. Yep, this does not feel linked to anything else going on. It's a Tom King book. It's never going to. Like the fact right. is, like, it, well, I'm just saying, like, we're we're literally like over here. Joshua Williamson's like piecing everything together like this gorgeous puzzle. I so know. You know what's happening, and yeah. then over here, Amazon's been kicked off America, and she's currently running from the army. And I'm like, I didn't hear about this anywhere. <laughs> but at the same time, they are they do reference them occasionally. Like I think it came up in like Beast War or whatever Beast World, whatever the hell that book was. Uh, they they brought it up. It's 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 come up a couple of times, but only in characters interacting with each other. Written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, do you see any references to the Tom King run? The good thing about it is like it, it it's evergreen. It can be read whenever. But also yep. like sure, yeah, it ha- there is only one Wonder Woman book, so like it's only going to affect Wonder Woman, yeah. and so it's happening over there, and it's happening in DC, right in Tom King's backyard. So like obviously, uh, most of the DC books don't take place in Washington DC. So again, like. You can argue, yeah, Wonder Woman's happening during Dawn of DC, and Wonder Woman hasn't had, like, a crucial role to play in any of the events going on against, like, Amanda Waller or about Beast World or any of that stuff. So, like, yeah, it's over there. And it's it's happening yeah. in the same world, but, like, whatever. Same with uh, Penguin, that which also is phenomenal. You gotta be reading Penguin. I've not been in Penguin. I've actually not touched Penguin. I promise you, it's There's great. a few books that I'm just like, I don't care. And no, I didn't. That list. You, you, I don't care. Yeah. And it's great. Okay, I'll give it a and, shot. And it's and it's another one where it's like, yeah, it doesn't really link in with Dawn of DC, but it doesn't not like it's not like Dawn of DC doesn't really touch upon it. But why would it? Yeah, it's about the Penguins' rise to power or re rise to power, re 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 rise to power. Like how many times that happened? But also like go for it, you know. It, it, but it's so good. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna sp- I'm gonna move our topic a little Please, bit. Please, yeah. The one that's not here. on the list here. Okay. How do you feel about the Brainiac announcements? So if you have been missing what's going on, apparently in April, it's going to set it up. And in May, we're going to have the next DC event. Yeah. But it seems like it's going to be regulated only to super books. I thought the Brainiac thing was going to be DC wide. I thought so too. And I think that's because of the art, right? We got that little, like we saw the tentacle ship and like, you know, or yeah. the skull ship or the tentacles and everything. And we were like, oh, from the teaser they released of Dawn of DC, we were like, that's it. The big battle will be Brainiac. Now, as it turns out, it's going to be against basically Superman. That's fine. I, I, I mean, Brainiac like, is primarily a, a Superman, Superman villain. So I will take that. But but at the same time, I just I, thought it was going to be a much bigger thing. Like, me too. Me too. I, I completely agree. Because when was the last time we had a proper Brainiac invasion? Maybe they're worried, like, because Brainiac versus the DC Universe is when one of the, like, most controversial video game releases of all time right now. <laughs> so, you know. But, I uh, agree. But at the same time, there's no way they could pivot that quick to be like, Superman no no, no, it definitely was going to be a Superman only book from the beginning, yeah. but uh, they didn't, but they didn't really like telegraph that to us, which is a shame. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, let it be, there are a lot of Superman books right now, so it, it'll feel like a big consequence filled event. You know, you got, yeah, you got Superman, you got action comics. Uh, I don't know if it's going to, Superman gonna... is so good, man. I just read the newest one today and I'm like, this is still 
so so good. good. I haven't read the most recent issue, but I've been reading this issue since issue one, and I've loved it. And yeah. uh, Williamson gets Superman. Uh, the, they have top tier art. That's the thing. DC understands, at least in part, right? Like I'm sure that DC is a house of cards and it's a complete nightmare, like it is in every other industry. But like Marvel goes, Amazing Spider-Man, put anyone on art. Yeah. And we'll have anyone write it. And no, it's like, Marvel a- loves John Romita Jr., which I'm the only person in the world who dislikes, apparently. No, you're not. You're Trust me. You go on, like, Reddit or anything like that, people will definitely agree with you. I'm just not – I mean, like, he does good work, but I just – he's not for me. He's not just, for me at all. Well, and, like, I think his best days are are, are past, but, like, I'm, I'm enjoying – I love, actually, Romita Jr.'s Daredevil covers. I'm loving those. I'm not loving his sequentials in Amazing Spider-Man, but like again, it's free. It's it's not all the time. But even when it's not John Romita Jr., it's not like they have like Pepe Larraz or like yeah. Rod Rice or like you know uh, Josh Kassara or like anybody like who would be a top tier artist. You know they didn't get they didn't get Zermanico to draw Amazing Spider-Man. Like these are yeah. these are just like fill-in artists who are just doing Spider-Man. Meanwhile, DC they're like, well, we got to get like the best artists on Superman because arguably Superman's a tough book to sell and he's not a very, he's a popular character and everybody knows who Superman is, but it's a hard book to sell. Batman, again, we got to have the best artists on Batman. That's what I say. Across the board, I don't think there's a bad artist in DC right now. I can't think of a book reading DC that I've been like, I'm out. No. I'm out. Uh, You might, have you read, uh, have have you read that Super Sons book? The one in the backup? Sinister Sons? Oh, I did. Yeah, no, that's not good. I don't like that. <laughs> it, look, it, and again, like even that, it's I, I very like, stylized, cartoony approach. Super stylized. It's yeah. supposed to feel like a, an all ages, like kind of young adult book. Oh, I it, guarantee. Because if we're doing Super Sons over in uh, in Wonder Woman, then we're Wonder doing Woman, yeah. Sinister Sons over here. And I, I'm not a fan of Sinister Sons. It didn't it didn't hook me. I don't like. I, but I don't like the design of Sinstar and Lorzar. Me like, either. Yeah, I don't like the designs. I, I I was okay with the designs when I saw them on the cover, and then you see the interiors, and I'm like, you bait and switched me. <laughs> you bait switched me. You totally did. Well, right? I knew Sinstar was in the back of Green Lantern, so I already knew what it was going to look like. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's someone in our audience here who I think I think has been smoking uh, comic book crack. Uh, he says that Sin- Sinister Sons is amazing, but Beast World was trash. I, I hardly dis- I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, with I that. can't. I can't disagree more. Um, <laughs> because as much as I don't, I didn't want Beast World or whatever. Again, I don't know what the hell that it, I think Beast World played out very well, considering I, what, it was a great like mini like the main event yeah. hit what it was supposed to hit and it moved on. Yeah, and Titans, which would be your ancillary to that, yep. filled in a lot of story beats. And right. Like, okay, these are the two we need. Cool. And we didn't flood with tie-ins. We didn't no. have a bunch of bullshit. And yep. The problem with Night Terrors is we had too much bullshit. I still say Night Terrors, mm-hmm. the story, fine. Yeah. The fifty Nightmare books, maybe a bit much. <laughs> it was it was a big ask, but also you you knew when you saw like 50 tie-in books to night to night terrors you knew you could pick and choose and and so and if you did you were rewarded because you were like okay i want to see how how night terrors affects batman oh that actually informs the whole event cool Uh, you you bet you bet on batman and you came up heads again congratulations but like if you want to know like how night terrors affected angel breaker there's a book for you yeah yeah it was great uh wait angel breaker you bring up a question did Angel Breaker show up anywhere else? I don't know. I've only I, I I'm have sure the that issue. Was the introduction of that character, and that was that. Like that's it. That's it. Angel yeah, Breaker. No. Angel Breaker was intro- introduced and got a Night Terrors tie-in. <laughs> that's it. 
I say like, I like the Nightwing one where his nightmare is that he killed Batman and then like everything starts spiraling out. See, there are books for you. Like the, yeah. the night night terrors had books available for you. If you like Harley Quinn, if you like Green Arrow, like there's books. If you like Cyborg Superman, there's a book for you from Night Terrors. They yeah. make you have to buy them. With, no, with it, I think Nightmare Night. I think Night Terrors was an experiment. It was. I feel experiment. like yes. this year of Donna DC, Lazarus Planet to right? Night Terrors to Gotham War to Titans Beast World was an experiment of what events can do well. Yes. Let's have all of them. All I personally think all four of the major events that happened, the Batman, the Titans, the Night Terrors, and the Lazarus, yep. all had strong core storylines. Yes. How they handled them outside of the core storyline, some were weird. Lazarus Planet had stories that made no sense in the main plot, like no one was communicating. Yeah. You know, yeah. Got Night Terrors gave you the option of buy what you want, don't buy. And then Beast World was like, what if we just don't have that many at all? What? No, it was it was a conservative estimate. I assume it was made it, that decision was made based on sales of the previous event, where they were yeah. like, we we've got the sweet spot here, but I, I I would I would guess Beast War didn't sell very well. No, I Which don't. Is think... Unfortunate because I they were also more conservative with their with their tie-ins and with their I, yeah. I think it did, but it didn't. Right, because you got to think it was a Titans event. Right, so I think so it, it already sell wasn't going to sell right. as the Titans book is selling. That's you know? fair. Yeah, yeah, but even then, like you're all you're gonna have drop off because you got like the Titans readers who are reading it because it's Titans. They have to be aware that there's a Titans event. They yeah. have to feel like it's important to the Titans story. If it doesn't, they're not gonna read it. Right, and uh, it's a shame because that first issue by Ivan Rice was great looking. Now yeah. Ivan Rice, of course, left. I think that was his only issue, and he left to go do Ghost World. But like, or 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 whatever the hell that book is called, you know, the imprint with uh with with Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns's image thing. But uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, it looked great. It was a good step forward. It was a great hook. I, I was like, I'm not reading this book at all. And then I read the first issue. I'm like, that looked great. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving through our actual list here. We're going on the, with the topics that Dan has gotten for us. Marvel announces the Krakoan Age of the X-Men begins wrapping up in May with the era's final installment of John Giant Size X-Men. A new villain will arrive and start by Ugh. knocking Angel out of the sky. Okay. Uh -huh. Sal... So, yeah, I'm trying to follow the fall of X. It's not hard to follow. There's not a lot of books out. You read not Rise, anymore, and, like read all Rise and Fall. Yeah, well, that's where we're at now. Well, just read the books. Read Rise of Rise of the House or no, Rise of the House and is, Fall of the House of X. We had Hellfire Gala, and then I guess nothing matters in the middle, and now we're at Rise and Fall. Yeah, I mean, well, why well, no. can't they just make it an event where it goes from beginning to end? Here's the book. Because that doesn't sell as much anymore. I you cannot tell me the numbers are better putting it in nine books without any cohesion. They did and it. Then then solidifying it into one. They did ten <laughs> lives and ten deaths. That was an event with two titles, and they and they came out concurrently. And I bet it didn't sell very well because it was horribly received. Yeah. And they were like, we can't do that anymore. And also, like I, I think it also the, the the depiction of the fall of the House of X is actually a really it's it's. If not brilliant, it's also really like respectful because it feels like it's part of each initiative. Each initiative was like the the, the reason we lost Hickman in the first place because it was like no one was ready to stop, no one was ready to leave uh, Krakoa. Krakoa was not over for a lot of people, and like those creators were part of each like phase, and each of those phases was like build this kind of like overarching story, but let all these different creators play within the umbrella of that phase that they're in. Fall that yeah. isn't like an event. 
it's a phase of the Krakoa era. It's like another chapter in the Krakoa era, and there's multiple stories going on. I mean, the the Sabretooth War is happening during the fall of House of X. Nothing to do with fall of House of X yeah. outside of the fact that Wolverine is in it, you know, and, and, and they're wrapping up the Sabretooth story. Sabretooth had his own freaking event or his own, his own story with the Exiles that was also being written by the co-writer of the current Sabretooth War, right? Oh. And while it doesn't necessarily factor into like what's going on at Orcus or Krakoa's fall, it does wrap up the story of those characters from like when they were introduced or reintroduced in Krakoa to now. So it's like when you're done, when it's all over and they have like a brand new X-Men number one, and it's going to have like all this crap in it. That's going to be very different and distinctly like unique and separate from this, you'll have this whole companion where like, these were the phases and eras of the Krakoa era of X-Men. It's a All cool idea, and I agree. Chapter. Yeah. And, and if you're following everything, I don't think it's as complicated as I'm making it out to be. Exactly. If you're already but, reading it, you're not, you, there's no questions. Coming if, from the point of view of a guy who got into it because you talked me into it. Right. And then stayed on what I enjoyed and not what I enjoyed. That's all you need to do. That's what they want you to do. It's difficult to follow what's happening. And I get what you're saying. This is the phase. This is when this was happening. Right. But it's just, I just want there to be like one coherent plot line going through it. And I just I, feel I, like... I like, okay, I'm like, okay, it's X-Men and Immortal X-Men. And then like, they're like, now it's Rise and Fall. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Those other books are still going. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and like with X-Force, you know what I mean? Like it was the Beast plot. Like that, those like X-Force, the plot is what is Beast up to? That's yeah, the plot yeah, I like that. how they, I yeah. like how they got rid of that. Like oh, Beast is gone. Two issues. Beast is back. <laughs> right, yeah. No, and they're like, because they're like, that's what you care about. That's what you're here for. Now, yeah. uh, but I don't want to tell like a 60 issue what's Beast up to story. So we're going to do like dips and dives and changes and switches. But like each book has its own direction. And if the book is like selling well, it'll have a chance to actually tell that whole direction. I mean, obviously like New Mutants. Remember that book was coming out? And that was yeah. about space and stuff. And then, and there was also like a backup about some farm and beak. And I'm like, what the crap are you doing? But like, but the other part was so cool and so engaging. And then it ended and they were like, that's it. Like ex exterminators or uh, you know, there were a number of books where it was like, this is the story. And then we're done, you know? Yep. And, and, and I, I really appreciate that. I'm like, that's really cool. Like, you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I understand your concern or, or complaint. I feel like that's over. I feel like after, after Krakoa is over, after yeah. the, the fall of X, we won't be seeing that from X-Men anymore. Especially because I, the I hope so. creators, I think the creators really respond to it. I think that like the people they have right now are enjoying that. Um, but I bet I just I want it. I wanted to just move in a direction where it's a lot easier and more coherent to follow. Well, and I do know that's coming. what we're setting up. We're yeah. setting up like the reboot to go with everything coming from the MCU and the shows. Yeah, so. no, we're gonna get that. Like Wolverine yeah. is gonna feel completely different and very approachable, especially if Greg Capullo is gonna draw it. And uh, and then you're gonna have like an X Men book and probably I feel like Wolverine's one of the more approachable books right now. It easily is. Well, because it's yeah. it's about him or the Wolverine family. Uh, yeah, but. But again, like it's going to be about Wolverine. That's going to be your book to, to follow. Um, yeah, it's it, it will be much easier and I'll bet a lot lighter, uh, even though I think that's a bad mistake. Like I, I genuinely right. am like right now, the X universe can handle five, six, seven titles. That oh, no, I definitely can. I, 100 I do agree with that. I do right? agree with that. Like the, the X universe is big, sprawling. There's enough interesting characters. Exactly. You can easily get books out for them. Yeah, yeah. But like right now, I, I do. I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. But I, if I had to guess... I would guess that they were like, we're gonna we're gonna scale it down. You're gonna have like three X Men books, and one of them is Wolverine. Yeah, but anyway, 
So moving over to our next topic here, uh, they confirmed X-Men 97 is not connected to the MCU. What a shock. A I, cartoon I, I show that's based from was. the 90s was connected to the MCU? I was like, wait, did people really think that this was going to be connected to the MCU? Like no, they didn't. It was a slow news day for Collider. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, no one thought that. No yeah. one thought that. The only thing that I can say about the MCU and its connection to X-Men 97 is that clearly Marvel Studios slash Marvel is like, the most approachable and relatable and uh, marketable X-Men is that era. Yeah. So like everything that they make about X-Men is going to reflect or resemble X-Men from the cartoon show from the nineties. Right. Right. It's why professor X was in the robot yellow suit, like or chair. Or they played the beach. They played the theme. They played the theme. Like they are every, every piece of X-Men toys is, 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 is rooted in that comic. Or yeah. that that uh, that cartoon show, Wolverine's outfit. While it is a classic yellow and blue suit in Deadpool and Wolverine slash Deadpool three, it's it's clearly inspired by the X Men ninety seven cartoon. And yeah, so it's like it's not no that cartoon show is not going to be set in the in the freaking X MCU. It's just that it's it's more like Marvel Studios is probably going to be like the entire Bible for X Men in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will be inspired by the Jim Lee era. Oh yeah, easy. Which makes sense to me. It'd be yeah. kind of cool to see like Bishop show up in the MCU and be like, everything's messed up and I'm from the future. I mean, so many people don't even realize X-Men has nonstop gone on since the nineties. Yeah. Like they've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a number of all the, uh, we've also seen a number of X-Men and cartoon shows. Uh, here's a spoiler collider. X-Men evolution is also not going to be in the MCU. <laughs> I'm waiting for that article tomorrow. Right. It's coming. Um, next up we got this. I'm actually shocked about DC's black label line is getting the boy wonder, a five issue series written by and drawn by Juni Ba. Yeah. I think I said that right. We'll tell the story of Damien and his adoptive brothers investigating a string of abductions in Gotham while Batman has gone from the city. So it's an adult themed Robin book, right? Called the boy wonder, uh, written and drawn by uh, Juni Ba. Yep. The art is very stylized. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It doesn't look like it's oversized. Have fun. I don't like Damien. <laughs> I I like Damien, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, no, I for those for you Damien fans out there, I would pick up this book because it's gonna be prestige bound and it's gonna be really nice. It's gonna be a good looking book. Yeah. Uh Jamestown in the fourth is launched Tiny Onion, which if you have not been, I've been subscribed to his thing. He does razor blades, a bunch of horror books in it. Now he's spinning it into a full production studio. Makes sense. Good news to me. for them. I don't know really what I, I want to add to that other than just kind of like, hey, great news. I like the guy. Also, I don't know if you, I'm just going to say it. He looks amazing. He's oh, lost I know. so much weight. Dropped a ton of weight. I mean, yeah. and good for that. He looks uh, really good. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. But yeah, James Town the fourth has a production studio. I would not be surprised if we saw that happen with everybody. Like, Coming up Scott, soon. Yeah. Well, yes. Ghost Machine already got made. That, that was the Jeff Johns one. Yes. Now James Tynan. Yeah. Scott Snyder, kind of? I don't know. He's been doing a few things lately. He's, Scott's been like not hedging his bets, but like, you know, he has, he has the best, best jacket press, which is his like imprint line. But also I would, if I were him, it'd be cheaper and easier if I could just sell my stuff to different production studios. Not well, that's what he's been doing. He's been doing that. He's not right. Like the witch's cartoon is going to be made by, I think Amazon, but like it's its own thing over there. And you know, he's, he's involved integrally, but it's at least he's not like on the hook. Yeah, so I get it. But yeah, good for James. 
Yeah, no, great news. I, I just wanted to make that mention. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sony apparently had a Spider-Man Universe TV series being written called Silk Spider Society as they attempt to break into television. However, they recently got a major update in the sense that Sony has reportedly let go of the entire writer's room. Some of the show was written prior to the writer's strike, but it is unclear if any of it will be used or if it's going to make it to the screens. Um, you want to, I'm going to add into that. If you see the latest stuff on the Madam Web stuff, where City, Sydney Sweeney is saying that she thought this was an MCU movie she was in, and that's why she agreed. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, like you know, and, and listen, folks, it's easy to like laugh at that and make fun of them, but like these are actors who didn't. Like, yeah. They're like Gwyneth Paltrow did not know she was in a Spider-Man movie, right? Right? She thought she was in an Iron Man movie because she was surrounded by people from Iron Man. Yeah. So she was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm in an Iron Man movie." They're like, "You were in Spider-Man." Yeah. Like these it's... people don't know. They don't care. They're, they're as far as they're concerned, they're movie people. They they showed it to a set to a set. You know, they asked some like you know person who brought them their coffee. Hey, by the way, is this uh, is this in the universe or whatever? And they're like, "Sure." You know, well, and so, it's yeah. funny because like a lot of people, and I talk about this all the time, being in your own echo chamber. Yeah. Like for us, the idea that you wouldn't know Madam Web is in the laughable. Is in the, laughable, it is. But for her. Do you really think she goes home at night and she's like, "What's the latest MCU news? No. What's going on with the Sony verse?" You know, yeah, th this is not uh, Iman Vellani, no. who, is, <laughs> who is like arguing with Kevin Feige publicly about yeah. how like the universe should not be called six one six. That's what I'm saying. Like, we have those fans. We have Henry Cavill's. We have Iman Vellani. Sydney Sweeney is not our 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 nerd queen who happens to know what's going on. Like. Yeah, we don't we don't get those. They, they aren't often like if you're in the echo chamber of this, like my recommendations every day is what's the latest video game news and comic news and all. Yeah, that's yeah. what I get. Right. Exactly. Right. She, I, she, I, Sydney Sweeney strikes me as the kind of girl that's looking up what the latest makeup and fashion trends are. And that is the extent of her intellectual discoveries. I, right. I don't know how to put it. Trying yeah. to not make her sound dumb, but I kind of leaned into that. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, genuinely, I, I, don't, I don't know her at all. She could I don't know her at all. But in the world. She, she, I, I, I would not be surprised to hear that she thought she was going to be in the MCU and, uh, and, and that's why she signed on. Which, by the way, Kevin Feige, is a great sign that means that she's interested in being in the MCU so oh, you yeah, can just call her up. Because it ain't like they're making Madam Web 2. No, so you can come on by and like They're trying to rush out Spider-Man 4. Segway, segway to our other topic. Yes. So apparently Sony is pushing real hard for Spider-Man 4 to get out by 2025. I'm out. shocked. Shocked. We're, we're not talking like Sony wants it to start filming. They oh. want it out and about, and they want Kevin Feige to make it good. Right. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, like, listen, if, I, I think, uh, you know, it used to be that if Kevin Feige was involved, it was just implicit that it was going to be at least pretty good. Yeah. But now you have to kind of ask him, hey, Kevin, you're going to make this good, right? This isn't going to be like <laughs> those other things that came out in the past two years, is it? Like, because... And, and also, uh, it is indicative of the fact that, like, Sony learns always the wrong lesson from any of their successes. And in this case, it is big time, where... Kevin and the rumor, these are all rumors. This is all conjecture. We don't know what necessarily what the official word is, but the rumor is Feige wants what we want a grounded team up Spider-Man movie in New York city where he fights a Spider-Man villain and has fun and it's cool. And yeah. Sony wants another Spider-Verse movie where Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire team up with him and they fight like multiversal problems. God help me. I, I knew going into no way home that if it did well, that was going to be the next Spider-Man movie trilogy. It was going to be all Spider-Verse all the time. Oh, I mean, look what they look what they're doing with uh, Into the Spider-Verse into a cross. Like they just turned. 
Into the Spider-Verse is great. Great movie. Successfully. Great. But now we have two sequels where we go back to the Spider-Verse. Gotta go to the Spider-Verse. And like the most successful, the best parts, the people that no one argues aren't great about the second Spider-Verse movie is all the character work. It's all the Miles Morales stuff. It's all the yep. Gwen Stacy stuff in her own universe. It's all this great character stuff that you would like about Spider-Man. And you saw all the Spider-Verse stuff in the trailer anyway. So like, and, and it's fun. Sure. Like spider therapists and spider horses and crap. Like it's all fun and cute. But at the end of the day, what audiences want and why people like Spider-Man at the end of the day is because it is, is because he's a character they can relate to. Um, I would not be against two grounded Spider-Mans to lead into another multiversal adventure. If that's what I mean, I'm not, I'd say I prefer the grounded ones the whole way through. Exactly. And like, but look, if we got a compromise of Sony here. Yeah. <laughs> If they want to make a deal with Sony, just look, no one cares about like evil Doctor Strange showing up in Secret Wars. Nobody cares about like any of like the multiversal options they have. Like, I think people might be excited to see Captain Carter again, but outside of that, nobody's interested. So like, if you want to make the main focus of Secret Wars one or two, the Avengers... Uh, or like the new Fantastic Four where it's like Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, Hugh Jackman Wolverine, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Like you want to make it more Spider-centric? I think Sony would be more than happy to sign a contract that, uh, in, you know, uh, opened up uh, talks to give them uh, a nice big fat check to allow them to use any, any and all Spider-Man stuff and make your Spider-Man multiverse movie also a Marvel co-production that is over there, that isn't bogging down a new awesome Spider-Man trilogy that... That, that could cost you $120 million and still make you a billion dollars. I mean, all the Spider-Man movies have done amazing. They don't need to break the budget and do bring a Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all exactly. these guys. You don't, don't got to do this. You don't need to do that. You, 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 Never you, mind you, the fact I don't want to see the three of them again. I want, if you're going to do it, we go bigger. We got to right. go bigger. We, you got to keep going bigger. If you're going to do this idea. I mean, that's, that's true in terms of like the math of these kinds of things, but I did like their chemistry. I did like seeing all three of them. I would love to see them all three team up again in something else, but I don't want it to be Spider-Man four, five and six is more Lun, And they're <laughs> jumping into like different cartoons and live action movies. And there's a whole extended Sam Raimi sequence where they have to deal with like all, all the other Spider-Man villains. Like I, I just want to see Spider-Man in New York. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's, it's funny because after across the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse and no way home, that's what Sony's learned. Yeah. Oh, we'll just throw the bank at everything and we're going to make a billion dollars. It's going to be great. And it's just like, you could still, like, it makes a billion dollars because people love Spider-Man. That's why it makes a billion dollars. It doesn't make a billion dollars because you made it multiversal. That's not how that works. Because if it did, your multiversal Spider-Man cartoon movie would have made a billion dollars. Yeah. Like, it, that is not the formula. But they don't know what the formula is because they're a hacky studio anyway. So this is going to be a solo video on Absolutely, but since we took off Monday, we're not going to have it. And I'll just throw it in here. Fair. There's talks about Kevin Feige wants Wolverine and Deadpool to show up in Avengers 5. Now, what I found interesting about that is it's now called Avengers 5. Is it? Because uh, I've heard people saying Kang Dynasty, and I'm like, why bother? But, like, I love the idea of them internally The latest being like, news no, articles. 5. Now, I don't know, and this is why I, I didn't want to make it into a video, because we have no confirmation yet. Sure, sure. But the ones that I've been reading are, like, Avengers 5 and Avengers 6, Secret Wars. Sure. So That's not with me. Kang Dynasty's been dropped from all the news articles. Now, Good. Did the, is that a Marvel decision, or did the news articles decide... We're just gonna drop Kang. Dynasty. It could go either way, right? Yeah. Like, because if I were a news article, I'd be like, I'd stop saying Kang Dynasty all the time. But I, I mean, like, I they're all in bed with each other, so I'd imagine someone intern, like someone from Marvel, calls up, like you know, let's say Entertainment Weekly, and goes, "By the way, um, stop 
when if you have to refer to the Kang Dynasty movie, call it Avengers Five or A Five. Don't call it Kang Dynasty anymore. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Which you and I were saying, just drop Kang Dynasty, make another Avengers movie, make a different Avengers movie that's you, really fun. You have like, plenty of Avengers plots to work with. <laughs> you have a million Avengers stories that all feature characters that you either killed off or retired which you could still apply to characters that still have not gotten headline movies that people wanted to watch. Like I'm still waiting to see like, uh, you know, any movie with, uh, you know, well, anyway, I want to see all these characters show up. I would love to see, you know, Monica Rambeau headline an Avengers movie, or at the very least, like put them all into one thing. Uh, You could do any number of Avengers stories. You could do the Korvac saga. You could do a secret wars adaptation. You could, it doesn't matter what it is, but what they want seemingly is, Deadpool and Wolverine in an Avengers movie, which I understand the motivation behind it, but I mean, like, if anyone was going to expect them to be in any Avengers movie, it would be Secret Wars, because then it could be multiversal. Right. If I were them, I don't know. I, what would you do? Would you make it a... Would you want to do Avengers 5, Deadpool, Wolverine, and... If Deadpool, Wolverine hits the numbers that we're expecting, they... Uh... Because this is the they're going to do it. I did the Pedro Pascal discussion, which yes. is just yelling at the camera. I enjoyed Actually. it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was trolling people, and that turned into me just trolling the audience. It was great. Sure, of course. Um, I mean, it's got twelve hundred so, uh, comments. I think I'm happy with it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a success. Yeah. What I'm saying is, what I was saying in that is, right now, Marvel needs star power, and we need guaranteed it's going to be fun to yeah. want to go to a movie. Yeah. You know, we like when the Marvels came out. It was it did terrible. Yeah, it did terrible. There's no way to look around it. I enjoyed the Marvels. It did I liked terrible. it too, and it did terrible. I yeah. know it's a shame. What we need is something like, oh, Mr. Fantastic is Pedro Pascal to get people's butts in the seats. It's true. So if you're concerned that right now you're Avengers 5, which is what, 2025? Yeah. There's no way. It's a little close. I mean, maybe putting Wolverine and Deadpool in it is going to kind of bolster those numbers up a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I were them... Rather than even like Avengers five, I'd be like, I, if I, I mean, just as a quick overview, if I were Kevin Feige, I'd have a Kevin Feige Jr. You know what I mean? Someone else who I would trump up as like, ladies and gentlemen, this is so and so, and he or she is awesome, and they are like just as knowledgeable of the universe and the characters and the con, and you know what I mean? And, and they were, and they, I've worked with them on all these projects that you love, coincidentally, and. I'm going to relegate some of my efforts with this person. You know what I mean? So it's just, it just yeah. divides the effort a little bit. But if I were Kevin Feige, I'd be like, Avengers 5 is its own thing. New Avengers movie, standalone crazy thing. Make it an adaptation of Annihilation. Make it, an, you know, make it something cool, epic, and awesome, and fun. That I mean, for God's sake, you know how uh, at the end of Guardians 3, they said, like, the legendary Star will, Store Lord will return? Yeah. But they didn't say Guardians 4? Yeah. Um, Avengers Annihilation would be a dope movie where it's like, it's just handfuls of avengers who could have who could theoretically be in space and nobody would miss them including star lord and they're fighting an effing war to keep earth from being destroyed by the annihilation wave that movie could be its own separate movie that's like did you see that epic dune-esque space opera you know what i mean like and they i'm using hollywood terms but like you know oh my god and it has nothing to do with secret wars and nothing to do with multiverse or incursions it's just this crazy epic space adventure that features like star lord leading the avengers the space avengers and that's your movie but like you do that and and if you want to get your deadpool stuff deadpool and wolverine is a perfect title for a deadpool series where it's deadpool and spider-man deadpool and wolverine deadpool oh yeah and cable you make people, three people like oh i want to see deadpool in spider-man and i'm like i do too everyone wants that. also a classic pick i mean exactly so it's like no dude i'll watch a deadpool and wolverine movie but if you want to make like a a new oh, oddball deadpool and star lord 
<laughs> exactly. But like Deadpool and Captain America, Deadpool and whoever is alive or around. Ryan Reynolds is now just co like co-hosting every movie going. Well, that's forward. the thing, right? Because like honestly, uh, like a Spider-Man team. Spider-Man was the lead of a book called Marvel Team Up, where it was like Spider-Man and literally teaming up with like Moon Dragon and oh, yeah. Adam Warlock and like Namor the Submariner, like that was the book where you saw Spider-Man team up with everybody. So like, obviously it makes sense to do a Spider-Man team up movie trilogy, but if you want it to be grounded in fun, you make them all street level characters, you know, maybe Spider-Man teams up with, uh, you know, obviously Daredevil, uh, Ms. Marvel and like the X-Men or the Fantastic Four or somebody else. And you make that your trilogy, but to continue the, the, the team up trend, I mean, wouldn't it be dope to see like, since you own Deadpool and you have to make a deal with Sony, you make your three Deadpool movies, Deadpool and Wolverine, Deadpool and Hulk, and Deadpool and uh, Spider-Man, or someone else that you own already that you don't have to worry about. And those are your three, like, tentpole, $120 million, makes a billion dollar anyway, cash in on Ryan Reynolds, like, you know, charisma and natural star power, and you ride that wave into Secret Wars. And meanwhile, in between all those movies, there's also a there's also an Annihilation movie called Avengers 5, and it's like, and you use the you know to use the wave metaphor again like use the wave of deadpool it'll it crashes into annihilation or the avengers 5 movie which allows avengers to then be like jump started as a brand because people are now excited again about like marvel and marvel cinema and then it rolls right into secret wars where you're like oh by the way if you like deadpool team up with people you may want to go check out secret wars because uh he's teamed up with spider-man like and when i say spider-man i mean toby Maguire. you know what i mean like something yeah. like that where it's like Oh, and also Chris Evans is coming back. And also all these other characters are coming back. Like, it, it, this is a way you can, like, set these these things on a trajectory. Uh, well, they also, just need to they, yeah. follow up with what you're saying about the trajectory. Meh. I'm just saying they need – Deadpool Wolverine's going to – like, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't break a billion dollars. I, just, I think it will. They need to figure out how to ride that into 2025. Yes. Because that's the only MCU movie we have this year. Yeah. So it's going to make a billion? And then, okay, what's next? And I think it's what, Fantastic Four? Yeah. Which they're making a lot of hype for. So They should, and I hope they, like, listen. I, and I know I hate using Spider-Man. Like, I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite character. He's the one I, he's like the, my, like, carrot that got me through the MCU. I loved it, but I was also like, man, this is so great. It's so wonderful. And it's a great little, like, universe that's perfect for Spider-Man to show back up. And eventually they did. And I was, uh, you know, and all was right with the world. But Spider-Man's first issue officially as an ongoing series featured the fantastic four yeah you want to get people to show up to fantastic four have that cameo spider-man shows up yeah especially because like you they need to start doing the cameos and they the need crossovers. to start doing the cameos like they need that's to what like you know, okay how many comic books have you bought because for you spider-man was a cameo it, it literally it is a it is a marketing strategy at marvel put yeah. spider-man on the cover of a of a bad selling book back in the 90s it was also venom you know, but like, I think that I think that would have an inverse effect if you were to put like Deadpool and Venom as your <laughs> team up movie. Although I would watch the hell out of that, Tom Hardy's yeah. <laughs> with Deadpool. That one, Venom just constantly rips Deadpool in half. <laughs> right? Oh my god! But uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's a it's a it's a tried and true strategy. It's not just fanboying. It's also a proven marketable yeah. strategy. I I mean, I said it when I came into Pedro Pascal argument. I'm like, so, there's certain actors and things that I will go see just because there's an actor in it. Yeah. And Pedro Pascal is kind of getting there. Right. But my example was if John Hamm is in a movie or right. a show, I will watch or go see that. Oh, that's funny. You know, if you don't know John Hamm he, since Mad Men, 
He's in a lot of obscure. Just I know he's in a lot of random comedy. movies where you're like, okay, John Hamm. I didn't know. And you every time to do he's that. in it, I watch it because I don't know what this movie's about, but it's going to be fun because John Hamm is in it, and that's how it should be with the MCU. You know, there's a weird cameo with Spider-Man. Oh well, I don't know what's happening at the Fantastic Four, but I get two minutes of Tom Holland. I mean, honestly, I mean, they like, tried to do it with Daredevil and Echo, and then they removed Daredevil for most of Echo. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the the one of the highlights I think for most people in the Echo show was that awesome Daredevil fight, where I'm like, oh, yeah. and they shot that like, you know, during the MCU. It wasn't like it was a holdover or deleted scene from the Netflix show. It was made from the same people who are working on the MCU today. So it's like that's a good sign. But like, yeah, I uh, I, I lost my train of thought in that regard. But I was because I was thinking about like, oh, Thor Ragnarok. I think that a big part of why Thor Ragnarok was so in was so initially successful, besides the I mean, like still successful. Well, yeah, no, I mean in the beginning, like what it like opening weekend, why it did so well, is because Hulk was in it. Yeah, and because they knew Hulk was in it, you know, like well, it, there's it was like, rumors that Hulk is now just going to be the crossover guy, which I'm not against, but I think I take Spider Man over Hulk. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, make that Wolverine Hulk movie because I would like to see Wolverine versus Hulk, please. And I, I and I, I think we even talked about this, but like the patch cameo in the Deadpool Wolverine trailer, I think that's definitely a different actor. The I think that cameo? yeah, yeah, the in the trailer for Deadpool Wolverine, there's a push in of Wolverine. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Wolverine. Daniel Radcliffe rumor. Well, I, and, and I don't know if it's Daniel Radcliffe. I also I, I've been pitching Daniel Radcliffe for years, but like oh, I, look, did you see him ripped? He looks I, so good. He does, and he's a little guy, but like I think uh that's going to be like the last shot of the movie is Marvel kind of mic dropping, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Hugh Jackman's last hurrah for Wolverine. It's going to be awesome. Except for secret wars is going to be in that too. But this is our Wolverine. Like, I think they're going to well, debut. They could debut him and maybe the new professor X or something like that. That would yeah. be, I'll take just new MCU Wolverine at that point, but it'd be a great way to like go. This is, this is where we're going. Because right now, it has not been at the MCU. Every X-Men thing they've done is what has happened before. Obviously, right. that's all because of the contracts and everything like that. It's like, Kelsey we couldn't- Grammer, we, Professor X. Professor X, exactly. Like, we can't legally cast anybody. But I think at this point, you know, if you shoot a movie that comes out in 2025, or at the very least, if you shoot a movie where it's like, this is a character, I, I don't know. I don't know how they work it out. But I think, like, it would be the smartest move to pay whatever penalty fee- or whatever contract fee you need to pay in order to be, go like, this is the new Wolverine in our. No, Wolver I, think, I think the contracts are over this year. I think this is it. We're okay. Talking. I thought it was 2025, but I'd be, I, I'm, I'm thrilled if it's 2024. Okay, that even if it is though, if you just say, Hey, Hugh Jackman, we're going to replace you as Wolverine, but we're giving you your last hurrah. You cool with that? Oh yeah. No, I, he's, he's getting a whole movie that he's going to make bank off of. So yeah, there's no way that he didn't come back and also get a share of the profits. So it's oh, like, yeah. it, it's, it, it's, a, it it's was a win -win. done, done, done. And even Ryan Reynolds hitting him up. I don't know if that'd be the full way to convince him, you know? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I think it had to be like, you know, because it's a it's a hard role. I mean, you got to be like shredded. And he's you know, he's in his fifties. Yeah. It's like, but uh, but yeah, I I, I think that they're going to debut MCU Wolverine in that movie. And if it, if they do, it's like that's that's a great opportunity for people to like get excited about the future of the MCU and 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 look at look at what we're planning and look at where we're going with it. Like I I, I don't know. It's just it feels like that's where we need to go with it. No, I agree. I do. Uh, and that is all of our topics. So we're going to wrap up today's... You still there, Sal? Yeah. No, you, you got very still. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to wrap up today's topics right there, guys. If you want to check out more of me, check me out at Comic Story and check out Sal out of our Comic Pop. 
And every this week's going to be really light, or it was because by the time you guys watch this live, it, with the week's already over. Uh, we had Monday off, so we had no other topics to talk about, so we crammed them all into here. Yeah. Next week, we'll be back to nearly everyday topics for you guys to enjoy. And that's it. I'm Benny. That is Sal. And we'll see you next time right here.